Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 2, titled Glamazonian Airways. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one Amazonian co-host. From the Bloody Podcast Network, please say... She looks like freaking John Goodman in a wig. To Lori Rockenkamp. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello, Lori Rockenkamp. How are you? How the hell are you? Good, good. Uh, you know, just uh, being John Goodman in a, in, a but, wig. In, a, in a wig. But then let me tell you something, Lori. Right before you went on the air, don't ever make a noise in this goddamn podcast that's not sanctioned by me. But um, one of the things you said was you said you wanted to tell us a story about your aunt, which is so funny because I also have a story about your aunt. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So I had to pick up my parents from the airport yesterday. Oh yeah. And uh, did you want me to tell the story? Or did yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I was actually, I was actually angry yesterday when you told me the story. Came. I thought it was so funny that I was like, oh, we should have done this on the air. So I'm glad you're doing this. Oh, okay. Because today, today is an additional thing. Oh, there is. So, okay, I'm excited. Yeah. So, uh. So, so I had to go the air pick up my parents from the airport Saturday night. My aunt and I are watching TV, right? <laughs> and uh, by the way, today is Monday, and you're and you have to pick up your airport your parents on Sunday at the airport. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Saturday night, my aunt goes, "What time are you picking up your parents?" And I said, "Three forty-five p.m." Mm-hmm. And yeah. she goes, "Oh, okay. What time do you think you'll leave?" And I said, "I don't know, like two two thirty. Mm-hmm. That's it, right?" So this is around like eight o'clock Saturday. I have to work late. So I'm in, like, I'm up at, like, 10, 30, 11. My aunt has gone to bed. She goes, she's, like, going to go to the bathroom. And in the in the hallway is, like, straight down, like, right, you can see into the living room. Mm-hmm. So she sees me. She goes to, she's going to the bathroom. She sees me up. And she goes, Lori, you should go to bed. You have to get up early. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do? Like, what do I have to do? And I, <laughs> I was like, get up early she goes yeah don't you have to pick up your parents at the airport at 8 30 uh-huh. i was like no 3 45 uh-huh. and she goes oh i don't know Wh- why do you think i said 3 8 30 and i was like i have no idea yeah like she does it a lot where she'll like mistake something and she'll be like why do you think i said like i did like it was me like mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like well i did say 8 30 mm-hmm. so you know so then sunday i'm sleeping in right and around nine o'clock, I get I hear, Laurie, Laurie, Laurie. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my god! And it's one of those things where like I I'm waking up, you know, and I'm like, oh, somebody, she's like something happened. She fell out of bed or you know something. Where I'm like, oh my god! So I get up, I go, I run into a room, and she goes, what are you still doing here? And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. She goes. You have to pick up your parents from the airport. I go, not till 345. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then like, okay, so three hours, three mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. go by. Three, yeah, three only hours. three. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm doing stuff around the house and I'm getting, you know, uh, just kind of doing, go walking around. And mm-hmm. she goes, she goes, well, I hope your parents flight isn't delayed too much. And I was like, oh, they didn't tell me the flight was delayed. Was it, how long? And she goes, well, you told me. And I go, I didn't tell you the flight was delayed. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I thought you had to pick up your parents. And you said the flight was delayed. I go, no, 
I've never told you that. I told you one time last mm-hmm. night, 345. Yeah. That's it. That's the time I told you. I've never once changed it. Mm-hmm. You've been changing it this entire time. Yeah. So she goes, well, I don't appreciate your tone. And I was like, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been dealing with like a crazy person this whole day. So then yet today she goes, I wake up and she goes, you know, Lori, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I feel like you did tell me that you were picking up your parents at 830 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely not. Didn't say that. I said I was going to pick them up at 230. I said I was going to leave the house at 230. Mm-hmm. She goes, well, I'm not. She goes, I'm not crazy. There is a reason why I thought you were picking your parents up at 830 in the morning. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so now that's that's where we're at. If she thinks that I'm trying to gaslight her. Um, well, Lori, you know what's so funny is I have a story about your aunt. Okay. And, and th- but the story will be told in a series of questions, and I'm going to let the audience come to its own conclusion, okay? Oh, dear. But I want you to tell the story about how picky your aunt is, what a germaphobe she is. Can you please tell that story again? What was the story for? You were talking about uh, how your aunt is a clean freak. She's a neat freak. and uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell, tell me about that. So my aunt, um, my aunt is what was like what I consider, which is most of my family, a perfectionist cleaner, which mm-hmm. is that she wants everything to be very particularly clean. Yeah. And if it can't be that way, then it's like, why even try? Sure. So the house is the house will be dusty for a while, and then I'll be like, oh, I know, I'm going to dust it, and she'll be like, well, if you dust it, you also got to get out. You got to do, you got to wipe down the entire house with uh, vinegar. You got to do it. And it's like, I just want to dust the goddamn house. So it's like, it it just, then you just go, I don't, I don't want to try. So my aunt used to do Thanksgivings and holidays at her house. And every, you know, every so often my parents or my other aunt or somebody would go, I'll pay for you to have a cleaning person come over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my aunt has a very particular way in which she likes the house cleaned, mm-hmm. but she doesn't tell anybody. She doesn't tell the cleaning people. She doesn't tell the, you know, the people. And so what ha- ends up happening is, is that um, she will get angry with the cleaning people because they didn't do it the way she wanted. And yeah. so she will, she pays by check. And so mm-hmm. she'll stop payment on the check. Mm-hmm. And then she'll go, she's like, um, one time this, uh, my mom's uh, has a, works at an office and the, cleaning company that cleans the office agreed mm-hmm. to do agreed to clean the house mm-hmm. and my and they chart they were like we'll we'll do a deep clean for like 320 dollars mm-hmm. and my aunt paid by check mm-hmm. and then stopped payment on the check because she said that they didn't they didn't clean it they used the same water for each room they didn't do certain things that she wanted them to do so she uh, stop him on the check, and she said that she looked up the minimum wage for uh, for California, and she said she for I think they worked like four hours for four hours. It was like eight dollars an hour. So she said she'd pay them. There were four employees, so she said she'd do thirty two dollars for four employees, and that's how much she would pay them, mm-hmm. right? And the guy was like, well, that's not a thing. Like, you have to pay us the amount that we quoted you. And she was like, well, I can pay you that or I can not do it. So then it became this huge hassle because it was the cleaning company that worked at my mom's office. So she Uh had to see them every day. Uh Um, And so, yeah. So that's basically it. But you said this happens every single time, right? Every every single single time. time. 
no matter what. And the thing is, is she has this attitude of like, well, they should just know what to do. I keep Mm -hmm. telling her to tell them Mm -hmm. what she wants. And she's like, no, I'm not going to, they should know what they should. They should know that they have to do it this way. And I'm like, okay, well, that's insane. This week, Violet Chotsky hates Michelle Visage. Miss Fame cuddles with Trixie as she talks about missing her husband. The girls take place in a leaf blower challenge. They take part in a leaf blower challenge as Moby creepily watches. RuPaul says gifs, and the girls take part in the Glamazonian Airways lip sync challenge. Team Trixie is full of white people who don't get along, and Team Ginger is full of diverse people who can't dance. For the looks, the theme is Jet Set Eleganza. Ginger Minge is named the winner of the challenge, while Katya and Sasha Bell are placed in the bottom two. After a lip sync battle for their lives, Katya lives to see another day, while Sasha Bell is asked to sashay away. Lori Roggenkamp named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, I mean, right away, I'll just say the one thing I didn't, because I pretty much like this episode. Mm-hmm. So just just first, the one thing I didn't like is Moby. I just find him <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Um, how people always say like, Oh, I knew, I knew about that. Like when every, when Lu- the whole thing about Louis CK came out and people yeah. were like, Oh yeah, I always felt like he was a creep or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. I never really thought that I very rarely am I up on that, but Moby always, I felt like rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that like I knew something, but I'm just saying that like, I never liked it. Well, I, I think you're referring to weird. the controversy that he claimed Natalie Portman with his girlfriend and she denies that they were ever boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, and said that he came on to her when she was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Uh, God forbid. And then then he denied it and then recanted and said, oh, yeah, that's right. So what else could he do? I mean, that is – that was the weird part of that story. First of all, it's embarrassing that you say you dated somebody and then they just flat out publicly deny that you dated. That's already – embarrassing i would crawl into a hole and die but then his response was to post a creepy picture of the two of them yeah it was like almost like a a, like a like a very high school he just he reminds me of like a guy who just is always stuck in like the high school mentality Mm -hmm. you know of like oh i was i was beaten up in high school so now i'm allowed to be a dick to everybody um kind of attitude this also reminds so. me of the time remember when you littered and that guy who looked like moby yelled at you and you got in a fight with him on the street he didn't look like moby he didn't look like moby i just got i just got frustrated with him because he was like wow wow like you know it's like dude if you're gonna be upset pick up the trash you know do something productive but then you do you remember the part where you like, screamed asshole. at him in the middle of the street yeah i told him he's a fucking asshole and i hope he got hit by a car later so you know. okay, what are the two things you liked about the episode? I like the challenge. I mm-hmm. thought the the um the the I actually really liked the song. I thought it was really crazy. I was like, I can't believe. I feel like it's so crazy how nonchalantly they just come up with all this stuff, and it's yeah. like they have right they have to have writers and singers, and they come up with this whole thing and then and then they just do it and it's like oh yeah that was it that was an airplane musical well well no let's talk about this right here uh so it used to be up until i believe it's a very hazy area i want to say season nine ish all stars two ish around that area era up until then the person who wrote all the music and all the songs for rupaul everything was a guy named lucian piani okay who has since gone cuckoo bananas all right, like literally, I don't know if he's still in jail, but he got on drugs and he started saying racist shit and calling RuPaul the N word and 
and saying that, you know, talking shit on Hillary and a pro-Trumper and a whole thing, right? Conspiracy theorists. He went crazy. And uh, he wrote, but, but what I will say, as much as I disagree with his politics and his craziness and his drug abuse, he did have a good sense for the the feel of the show musically, and he does. And he does. I will say, he writes a catchy motherfucking tune. Okay, and yeah. so you can tell. And Glamazonian Airways might be the peak of his writing songs for RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, writing musicals for RuPaul's Drag Race. Where this is why I didn't want. I don't want like to tell you too much, you know. But uh, I, I will tell you right now, this is widely considered. One of the two or three best musical challenges they've ever done in the show. Okay. It's really good. I really like. Yeah, it. and so uh, and so it's a very popular episode. They think that they feel that like the challenge came out really well. It's a really good song. It's a really good number, and you can definitely see there's a difference in the musical numbers since Lucian Piani left. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't without him. But um, there is definitely a different feel without him. Uh, the two things I liked about the episode: there are a lot of iconic lines here in this episode. Uh, like for instance, uh, uh, there's a part where Trixie Mattel is, I think he's, I think Trixie's talking about Violet, right? Yeah. It's, it's a part where, um, where Violet, uh, is kind of being shitty to him during their, um, their, uh, rehearsal. And he says this. All right, public school, calm down. And I think this is the first mention too. When I think it, it, if I thought I, maybe she says it more than once, but if if she only says it this one time, this is when Ginger Minj talks about her basement being flooded. Uh, it's for Jamal Sims. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of really good lines in this episode. So, and we're starting to get a hint of Katya's wacky personality too in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good thing about this episode. Number two, again, you know, I like the challenge. I'm also to go off your point though, like. Again, uh, they don't make a big deal about this. They would make a big deal about it now. Is yeah, I don't know if you know this, uh, Lori. I hate this fucking Todrick Hall. Okay. Oh yeah, I can't I can't stand this Todrick Hall. This Todrick Hall can go fall off a cliff. For all I'm concerned, right? I will say this though. I feel like it's almost like a Lucian, not not in a direct way. Like I don't think Todrick. I don't know. Well, I don't know too much about Todrick Hall, but I don't think he's a conspiracy theorist. But I do like his latest album. You guys are. I think you played it on the rumor mill or whatever, and then I. I got it on Spotify and I've been, I was listening to it. So anyway, this Jamal Sims, he's a real choreographer and noticed that Jaden, he has a real, there was something that just came out like with a a fierce piece of choreography somewhere in the Jamal, like like not RuPaul's drag race related. I can't remember what it was. Maybe someone in the chat room will tell us. And Jamal Sims had choreographed it. Like he's a well-known working choreographer. Well, look, I'm not saying he's not a choreographer. I'm just saying that like, and I think it's probably the editing of the show, Mm -hmm. but I I just think it's so frustrating that it's like these people, look, you come in cold to a thing, you're not going to pick up the dancing right away. And I I get, I I just don't like the way that they, do the side eye of the guy oh, going I think, like, I think well, you're going to have... You haven't seen this Todrick Hall then working with the girls. He's such a nightmare with the girls. And, like, for instance, even though it's bullshit with just Jaden Doyar Fierce and her no excuses and her knees, right? You can yeah. tell in the choreography that Jamal Sims worked with it. Uh, this Todrick Hall would have been like, get over it, bitch. And you're like, ugh, Todrick Hall. Hate him. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and the one thing I didn't like about this episode... Um, you know what? I don't like Violet's shit attitude. I forgot how shitty she is in these first few episodes. 
But she's like a shit attitude. Yes, Lori, go ahead. <laughs> I will say I, I get I understand what you're saying, and probably next episode I'll have a different tune. But I feel like in this episode I kind of got it because I felt like nobody was really giving her the props that she deserved for winning the last challenge for winning the last challenge. I mean, she was all she was second to last in the picking the teams, and mm-hmm. I think that really affected her. And then everybody was kind of acting like she was going to be the one to bring the team down because she, and it was like, and she was one of the better ones. And I mm-hmm. felt like, so I feel like she, she has a right to be like, Hey, this is how I work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I do. I mean, uh, crap. I forgot. I already forgot her name, but the mm-hmm. winner of season three was kind Raja. of like that where she was Raja. Yeah. She was like very, you know, diva ish kind of, but she always, she brought it every time mm-hmm. for the most part. So I think that, you know, who knows, maybe, like I said, maybe next episode I'm going to feel, it. but she's also young and, you know, and also don't forget, she's a dude and dudes have like an ego, like their ego is as troublesome as their, you know, their dicks sometimes. Like they just, their ego is attached to everything. So if you, if you look at them sideways, if you do whatever, like guys will like, you know, wars have been started over egos. See, so. I think that, because you hear about this from the girls after the show, I think that they weren't necessarily underestimating Violet's talent. She was just such a fucking cunt that they didn't want to work with her. And I think that's what a lot of it is. I think the show portrays it as them underestimating her, but I think yeah. she was so awful and difficult and moody that they just didn't want to work with her. But, I mean, that's, that's a, see, here... One thing is, is like with it, like improv and sketch and stuff. One of the things I've learned is that like if somebody's like that, then just let them be like that. Like you're not going to be able to fit them into this into this peg that you want them to fit into. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to be a prima donna and do stuff, then you know what? You just let you give them enough rope to hang themselves. You let them do that themselves, and if they succeed, great. If not, then that's their fault. So I yeah I don't understand why these people were trying so hard to make her be mm-hmm. something that she wasn't. But then again, at the same time, this is season seven, and mm-hmm. even though I've, I'm not all fully up to date on like all the seasons, it's still season seven. I'm sure there's been a group challenge in every season. Mm-hmm. I just get tired of people going like I I didn't come here to be in groups. It's like okay, you've seen this show, right? You know that there's a group challenge. Stop acting fucking surprised. Well, Laura, you're going to have a lot to say to this season. (laughs) All right. After Tempest elimination, Candy Ho brags that she could beat Tempest. Uh, Violet announces that she hates Michelle Visage. Candy thought Fame was going to win, and Fame agrees. Sasha tries to make up with Pearl for selling her out on the main stage, and Sasha shares in the confessional that it's all part of her strategy. Laura, your whole thoughts on this cold open here for the show? Um... Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> I was kind of I do agree. I thought that I thought that look, I kind of agreed with both Kat, Katya and the other girls where I felt or not sorry, not Katya, Violet Chachki and the other girls where I felt like Violet or I felt like uh, Miss, Miss, Michelle Visage was being a little a break. Like it was I, I don't know. I don't like Michelle Visage, so I feel like everything is put through that lens for me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like she was being a little too judgmental. But then again, at the same time, yeah, I guess, you know, she's a judge. So you kind of have to say that. But then, again, another thing I hate about competition shows is when the person goes, well, I felt I should have won. It's like, well, you didn't fuck. You didn't fucking win. 
So move on. Like, it, it, what do you, like, never in the history of a competition show has somebody been like, I felt I should have won. And then judges have gone, you know what? You should have. Let's reverse it. Uh-huh. Like, never has that mm-hmm. happened. And so I just get so frustrated with people when they do that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and then Sasha's, Sasha's an idiot. I mean, she just is like, not. She, uh, she, I love how she said that that was her strategy. She doesn't have a freaking strategy. She has a strategy of say something and then apologize later. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, uh, so what's funny is one of the reasons I wanted to redo this season, and, and so I'm going to be doing a lot of self discovery myself on this, is I haven't, you know, season seven is when this podcast premiered. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I've always I haven't listened to it in a, if if I've re- listened to it at all I haven't listened in years and years and years okay okay but in my memory because it was new and we were fresh out of the gate I always felt like we were a little extra and in particular I kind of feel and maybe I was part of it too I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll put myself I don't want to throw anyone under the bus but there were certain drag queens who who really got the shit end of the stick right. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to do a redo on this season and revisit it. Now that I have the experience that I have now with this podcast, let's revisit it. And one of the things that I always remember is that we were very, very, very harsh on Michelle Visage. Okay? Uh, okay. For the reason that you just said. We thought she was really mean. We used to also make fun. What's so funny is I, I don't think she listens to this show. But it must have. I don't know. She used to do this really fake laugh. But she doesn't do it anymore, right? And and but it's funny. I'm watching this season, and it's all over this season because we used to go like she used to do this laugh. She goes like, <laughs> you know. Which oh is, yeah. She doesn't do that laugh anymore, and uh, I'm almost wondering if she heard it and it annoyed herself how much she would do it. We would do it all the time on the show. But so one of the things I was interested in was like, was Michelle really that awful during the run? Did she really do that fake laugh? And so far, we're on episode two, and yes. She's really cruel. She's really mean. She goes for the jugular. She does that. No, you know, with her finger. And she and she th- has a thing out where she's anti-violet. I think if I have a theory that she softened up for a few reasons. One is now she has to work with the girls a lot more. You know, she does, yeah. she does a lot of these shows. Two, she now in dealing with DragCon, uh, she's meeting the fans a lot more than she used to. And I think she's now taking on more of this motherly role. And yeah. so I think she sees herself more in a more maternal role than she did before, uh, where she was trying to be more like the Simon Cowell of the show. And uh, But I think we're seeing peak awful Michelle here in this season, but uh, who knows? Um, well, mm-hmm. here's my issue with the whole thing. Yeah. And this is something that just because, who was the guy who used to be the judge in the first seasons? He oh my like, God, um, I forgot the story. Oh my God. I what? Went, I just remembered. I can't believe I forgot this. I went to the movies over the weekend. I went to go see um, Joker. Okay. Okay. And afterwards, I had to go pee. Moby's favorite movie, by the way. Uh, Moby's favorite movie. Okay. <laughs> I had to go pee, and I was at the urinal of the Arclight Hollywood, you know, the swanky Arclight Hollywood that I would go to. Yeah. And I'm peeing, and I hear this voice talking. This very, this baritone voice that I hear. And I'm all like, why do I know that voice? And then I'm washing my hands and the, the same guy's talking. And I go, I, 
do I know that guy? Is he a friend of a friend? And then I dry my hands and I leave. And as I'm walking, I'm halfway out the ho- down the hallway. I go, oh, my God, it was Santino Rice. Shake the dice. It's Santino yes, Rice. That's it, his name. Yeah, it was Santino. I was in the bathroom with Santino over the weekend. So yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I don't like Michelle Visage, sure. but I will say this, yeah. that Santino in, mm-hmm. in other seasons was probably if not just as bad worse mm-hmm. than michelle visage but i feel like michelle visage gets a lot of ire because she's a female and females are looked at like they need to be these supportive people mm-hmm. so i do feel like there's a part of me that wants to be like yeah she should be able to say whatever the hell she wants to say because she's a judge and this is you know she's trying to find the next drag superstar but at the same time i feel like yeah i think that you know, uh, some of the stuff I feel like is just unnecessary uh-huh. com- comments. But, you know, again, I felt like Santino did the same thing. And Santino, I don't feel like was right. No, they, as much as Michelle. they hated Santino. People hated Santino. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> you just you just weren't watching the show around then. So you don't I wasn't know. around. So. Yeah, you weren't around. So you don't realize that. But yeah, so uh, I kind of get that. But then, yeah, so I keep going back and forth. I keep going back and forth between like it's a judge you have to judge mm-hmm. you know it, it, it like um uh, one of the things we always critique about hello uglies is that the guest judges are very well the oh, show you're is doing called great the show is called dragula our Dra- podcast dragula. review of it is called hello uglies but yes on dragula what about the judges oh you're doing so great everything you do is great like henry rollins was on it who i love but he was like if you ever do the competition again try it this way and it's like dude have you ever have you ever been on a competition show they're not gonna get a repeat (laughs) next episode is not gonna be like all right we're redoing the competition from last episode yeah and then i forgot oh (laughs) one of the things i wanted to bring up sorry sure was what what were they wiping the mirror off with? Because it felt like it was Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Because it was the least... <laughs> it didn't work at all. And I felt like it was like every other time I've seen them wipe mil- lipstick off, it's come off so mm-hmm. easily. And this time, I feel like because Candy did it, yeah. it was the most difficult thing in the world. All right. Well, very good insight there, Lori. All <laughs> right. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge... You need to give face, face, face while the pit crew blows you. With a leaf blower. (laughs) Damn. All right. uh, We're out of that mini challenge announcement. That was smooth. RuPaul named two winners, uh, Ginger Minge and Trixie Mattel, before launching into the main challenge. Now, for this week's maxi challenge, get ready for a lip syncapalooza. As you'll be performing a mashup of spoken word and song, the safety pre-flight video for hashtag Glamazonian Airways. The first airlines run completely by drag queens. You'll be working in two teams, Ginger and Trixie. Since you won the mini challenge, you get to pick the crews and assign the parts. The teams were formed as follows. Uh, Team Ginger, you had Sasha Bell, Jasmine Masters, Mrs. Kasha Davis, Jaden Dior Fierce, Kennedy Davenport, and Candy Ho. And for Team Trixie, we had Pearl, Miss Fame, Katya, Max, and Violet Tchotchke. Uh, Lori, um, what were your thoughts on the mini challenge, on the, the theme of the main challenge, uh, What were you, what, and, and how the teams are broken up? I really liked the mini challenge. I thought it was cute. Um, 
I was a little surprised. How long do they wait to to film between episodes? Because some of the, these people had like full on five o'clock shadows, like that they had to shave off before the mini challenge. And I was like, really? Their beards grow that quickly? Well, there could have been. A, so what happens is they um, they film, you know, a couple episodes, but then you know naturally the crew needs a weekend, so usually it's usually between episodes. Well, when 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 were the? Oh, you're talking about for the mini challenge, you know. Usually, and I don't think they did it for this season. Generally, what they do is like on an episode like this. That's when they'll have the weekend right in the middle, so that they learn the choreography, and then they have the weekend to practice it. And then on Monday they film it. Does that make sense? So you see uh-huh. that you see that now. So there'll be episodes, like, especially like those cheerleading challenges and stuff like that, where they're like practice. I don't know if they did that then, but it could have been that between episode one and two they took a. a um, oh well, you know what. You know what? There is evidence for that because this is the season um, where they filmed the uh, Meet the Queens and the trailer after episode one. So Tempest Du Jour is in the trailer and and Meet the Queens, but she already knows she's gone. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So maybe it was that break between episodes one and two, the weekend and whatnot, where they. Uh, where they filmed the trailer and the, the photo shoots and the meet, meet the tweet. They did all of that after episode one this year on that season. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So uh, very good insight there, Lori. Now, what did you think, by the way? So in the mini challenge, it was like the wind blowing kind of photo shoot, which is funny because this is the sort of challenge you usually see on the first episode. It's usually like an episode one type photo shoot challenge, but they did it here. And and did you think it was a good mini challenge? Did you think the right people won? What what, what did you think of Moby? What, what are your thoughts on all of that, Lori? Well, Moby's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. We just I just don't that. like him. Yeah, sure. But uh, I don't even know a Moby song. Do you know any Moby songs? No, I can't think of any. I feel I, no, look. I've heard songs where he's featuring Moby, but I've never heard a Moby song. No, I don't know. I I used to have a teacher who loved Moby, mm-hmm. and so I had to listen to his music. But I honestly, I feel like I blacked it blocked it out mm-hmm. because I couldn't. I couldn't. If you played me a Moby song, I don't know if I'd recognize it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I I really like this cha- the challenge. I thought it was fun. I don't understand why Moby was there. I felt like it was like one of those where I was like, oh, is he going to be like a, you know, a judge in the uh, rest of the show? No, just this one thing, and he wasn't even really a judge. He was just there. <laughs> they do that all the time. That's a new th- that's really. A, uh, yeah, I wonder if this is the start of it. Yeah, I remember they had Lisa Kudrow on, and she just walks in and just walks out. It's super weird. And they also they uh, there's that one where they had on All Stars two Anastasia Beverly Hills came in and gave a um, eyebrow lesson to drag queens, like how to draw oh, eyebrow. It was, it's super super weird. They do that stuff frequently. I think it's probably starting with this season. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, but it, it, one of those things where I feel like, um, it, the people who I thought were going to win mm-hmm. won. I thought it was going to be between, well, basically all of the like camp funny queens because I feel like they knew how to play up to the, you know, the, how it was going to work out and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. All right. Very good. Uh, okay. Uh, now what did you think? Cause it comes up later during the, um, the, t- the visits with RuPaul. So we'll talk about that in there, but right now the, the teams are Sasha Bell. I don't know her racial background, but she appears white. Jasmine Masters is black. Mrs. Kasha Davis, uh, you know, uh, is white. I believe I think she's Jewish. Jaden Dior Fierce is black. Kennedy is black. Candy Ho is Latina and Ginger Minj is white. 
Uh, but then you have Team Trixie. Now, I don't want to get on my Trixie Mattel rant, right? But there's Trixie Mattel, and then you have Pearl, who's white. Fame, you know, I want to get back to Fame in a second. Maybe someone in the chat room might know. But Katya is white. Max is white. Violet Chachki is actually Latina. I think she's like Chilean or Venezuelan or something like that. But she does, you know, play as white. She does come off as white, you know. And I'm sure she's treated as a white person. But when I was looking at Miss Fame's grandparents, as we see later on, it seems like um, Miss Fame's grandmother... uh, also looked Latina. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miss Fame had some sort of like flavor in her too. But what were your thoughts about the way that the teams were divided like that? Um, I mean, I felt like they were pretty much divided by friends. And then uh, I know Ginger mentioned that she, she picked it specifically so she would have a more diverse cast, mm-hmm. um, which I could see that. But I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was maybe just a little placating or trying to, trying to, start something with the other other group mm-hmm. um but yeah i i don't know i thought I, I mean there isn't really it's not a real diverse and as far as like i feel like race cast anyways mm-hmm. so it's a little hard to you know be like oh oh this is a pretty you, i feel like once you kind of put if you put jasmine masters in the other you pretty much have like an a basically an all-white cast mm-hmm. there's only you know so what about Kennedy? She's black. Kennedy, that's what... Oh, sorry, I meant Kennedy... Uh, I forgot the chubby one's name. Jaden Deere Fierce. Yeah, Fierce and then Jasmine Masters. So it's just three three who, are, who definitely look different than the others. And then the other ones are just like... They could be a certain thing, but they, they present as possibly white. Although, um, some one of them it looks a little uh, like... Uh, possibly asian or hispanic or something mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i thought it was uh i thought it was i i, I thought it was I, I here's the thing i think you could tell when once they did the actual challenge that the all mostly white group was having a more struggle and i think it's because they had like a very they all had the same kind of like you know, rhythm and and weren't really as um, theater trained as well. Wait, 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 hold on. You're jumping the gun. Though. We're not there yet, Lori. Oh, We're okay. Not there yet? Stop jumping the gun. Let's Sorry. actually. So what we've done is we've done something like I've done something a little different here. Is I've followed the storylines for each team, so that it goes from workroom through final performance for each team. So let's talk about Team Trixie first. Okay. In the workroom, Team Trixie works on their number. Violet interrupts and generally annoys Trixie. And during the visit with RuPaul, Trixie and Katya talk about their theatrical backgrounds while Fame gives a vague answer about her performing experience. In the rehearsals with Jamal Sims, Katya has trouble with her lines. Violet gives Pearl attitude and Fame feels nervous and awkward because she's not a performer. During the actual performance, though, everyone does fine except for Katya, who clearly does not know her lines. Now, Lori, go ahead. You have full, you have full freedom now to talk about anything Team Trixie. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the things that I thought was funny was, oh, so um, Katya kind of reminded me of this girl. One time I did a um, Second City audition to be on like the Second City boat cruise. Mm-hmm. Did not get it. Was very. I did a terrible audition. But this other girl who was in it, who was also pretty bad, she, uh, you're supposed to have like 
improv experience in order to audition. And so she, she, but for some reason, what was really weird is they didn't check until after the auditions. So they would like ask you at the audition, what's your improv experience? Mm -hmm. And so she was like, Oh, well, I just, you know, I live, I improv in my everyday life. (laughs) That was her improv (laughs) background. Yeah. And so I felt like that was kind of Katya's answer was like, Oh, well, you know, I just, I do things here and there. I just yeah. thought that was funny. But, yeah, I mean... I, I, Are you talking I, about Katya or Miss Fame? Uh, Miss Fame, sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant. Katya, I was, say- was going to say that I just felt like... I don't know. I felt like... Par- part of me was like she should have just, you know, buckled down and memorized the lines. But then another part of me kind of had a little bit of, um, like... Uh, I forgot what the word is, but like respect for her because even though she didn't know the line, she still did. She still had like a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. She still played it. Like she knew the lines, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So she didn't like stop and try and remember yeah. and like, you know, go back and forth and whatever mm-hmm. she like, she just played it up and she was like, look, I'm going to, I'm, I know I don't know the lines, but I'm still going to try my best. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I felt like, um, I felt like Trixie Mattel's team, didn't wasn't necessarily as cohesive as ginger minja's team mm-hmm. um you know what's funny is again i always you know i'm so suspicious because i always feel like they try and play things up here um but i think we did see evidence here that violet is just kind of a rude bitch like she's just sort of bossy and she tells the other girl try to tell the other girls what to do and i think i'm sure there is an element of like bitch you're like four why are you telling me what yeah. to do um and, I, and I, I'm not even necessarily saying that the things she says are wrong. It's the way she says it. So the way she, like, what she's telling Pearl isn't wrong and the bit worked. Like, look, you can actually go really tight on the belt, blah, 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 blah. But she bosses Pearl around as if, like, Pearl works for her kind of way. And it's just, it's just sort of the delivery. Um, but see, again, I think that's an ego thing. It's like, why does it matter about delivery? If I'm telling you something, just take from take what I'm telling you. And I feel like it was on Trixie to because she was the leader of the group to be like, to kind of step up and be like, hey, look, like, you know, you need to calm down or you need to do this. It was like, instead, Trixie decided to just do side eye the whole mm-hmm. time and just be like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, it's like, man up, be be the leader of your group. Yeah. If if somebody's being a, a whiny bitch, be like, hey, you know, let's try and find a way to make this work for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, be be the leader. But n- nobody was really being a leader. And so I felt like Vi- Violet felt like she needed to be the leader. Well, I think this is a very young cast. And actually, this team, if you look at it, is pretty young, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it's very young. Trixie's young at the time. Pearl, fame, con- so it's not even necessarily a white thing. It's an age thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an yeah. age thing and an ego thing, and, and, and they all—they're all like leader. They all think they're they're leaders in yeah. their own right. Well, no, so. I actually think it's an experiencing too. Because I actually feel going back now, this person's a righteous cunt, but um, I don't feel Detox would have put up with Violet shit. I feel Detox would have read her for filth for behaving that way. Yeah, which she should have done. Somebody should have been like, "Look, I'm the leader. This is what I'm going to do. You know that I won the co- I won the challenge. Like you have to, you know." shut up and, and go along with it because mm-hmm. that's what this challenge is about. And if she wants to have an attitude and be all, you know, whiny bitchy about it, then that's going to reflect in her performance. But, you know, I, yeah, I, and, and the fact that like she, Violet told her several times, look, I like, she's like, look, you need to 
I don't know exactly what the reasoning what 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 was happening. Like something about the belt either needs to be tighter mm-hmm. or looser or whatever. But mm-hmm. she just wasn't doing it. Yeah. And so it's like after a certain time, if you're not doing the thing uh-huh. that she needs, then yeah, she's just going to say, "Look, you need to get it together." So. Very good. Um, now, what did you think about Katya not knowing her lines? Now, you give her props for giving the energy, but like she should have learned the fucking lines. Ginger was yeah. able to learn her lines. You know, I, I no, I agree. No, I I feel like uh, I look. I, like I said, I felt like part of me was like, look, she should have learned the lines. You know, she should have just knuckled down and learned the lines and and just memorized them. And but you know, some stuff shit happens, and I so I applaud her for. Um, you know, not sort of um, just melting and just being like, oh, I didn't know my lines. You yeah. know, she still she still worked as hard as she could yeah. in in that in that area. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like she could have done a little bit more and learned the lines, but yeah. you know. All right, very good. Let's move on to Team Ginger in the workroom. Ginger is assigning the roles, and Sasha is concerned about having such a small part during the visit with Rue. Ginger points out the diversity on her team, while Team Trixie seems to be made up of all white people. This isn't totally true, by the way. We covered that earlier. Jaden Dior Fierce, meanwhile, isn't sure if she's done spoken word. During rehearsals with Jamal, Ginger's basement is flooded by Jamal Sims, but Ginger's shy and awkward during her dance numbers. Meanwhile, Jaden Dior Fierce is too much in her head and doesn't like to make excuses, but... She makes an excuse anyway about her knee. During the actual performance, the girls nail the performance, all except for Sasha Bell, who seems to be fussing with her thirsty wig, Lori Roggenkamp. Your thoughts on all things Team Ginger? I really liked. I thought Team Ginger was was the better of the of the two. I don't oh, necessarily yeah, know. Hands down, hands down. Yeah, I don't know if that necessarily had to do with the the uh, like ethnicity. I think it had more to do with the performance level. You know, mm-hmm. this is a performance like this is a. I felt like a more of a campy thing, and you so you have Jasmine Masters, who's you know even though I don't necessarily like her drag, she is very she's a, a good performer. Ginger Minge, amazing performer. Mm-hmm. Um. So I and I but again I didn't like the way that they played it up in rehearsals where they made it seem like Ginger Minj was being very you know pat she was learning the steps like mm-hmm. you can't be like you can learn the steps and then put on and then do a performance but you know so I I felt like they wanted her to be the full Ginger Minj while she was like learning her steps and it's mm-hmm. like you know just give her a break yeah. so yeah there's a uh <clears throat> I've always heard the the um thing that they said that the in during uh i love lucy rehearsals the worst performer was lucy that she was very shy and demure and she didn't she you know wasn't the exuberant person that she was on screen because she was learning her lines and she was learning every you know how to get get through it and then she would bring out the performance on on screen and so i think that that's ginger minch in some ways and i think that's most people mm-hmm. you know when you're learning something you're not like oh i'm gonna also be this character mm-hmm. so i thought that was, but yeah i liked it i thought it was uh I, thought it was, I don't understand why sasha had to have two wigs i thought that was dumb <laughs> um, the, i mean i think there's a lot of very questionable stuff with sasha bell in general but go ahead she, uh, she, I don't know if that was also part of her plan, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was weird. She, she seems to be, she seems to be re- working off a script that nobody else got. Mm-hmm. So the entire time. So I don't know. I just felt like she was a little, she's a little off kilter, Yeah, but yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, now let's talk about here. And like, I, I actually don't have, I've, I feel a lot of this. I feel like the ginger minge. Team Ginger stuff was 
and this is why I was talking about the edit. Like, there really wasn't a lot with the editors to work with, but they wanted to make it seem balanced and not so obvious. Because was Sasha really that concerned about having such a small part? I don't know. That could be a lot of it was like just like cutting to like random looks at her, where she could have just been her listening. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody. I think if you're like if the producers, probably were like, "Well, are you scared that the judges won't see you? Yeah, won't see you enough because you have such a small part?" And then she could be like, "Yeah, I guess I, you know, I am scared that." So I think yeah, they probably manipulated it. But I would say if with anybody, if Ginger Minch had that role, she would have killed anybody else except for Sasha. Sasha, I don't feel like she has that kind of performance ability. Yeah, and then going on with it. So then also going down the list, like. The Jaden thing isn't that big of a deal here, but I think it, I feel like it becomes a bigger deal as the season progresses. Uh, and then also, I'm sure the rehearsals were fine. They try to make it seem like Ginger's, you know, being shy during the rehearsal is like a big deal. But I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was like a one time, like, hey, you know, yeah. Uh, because yeah. actually, they don't talk about this, but Ginger does have theatrical experience. She's an actress and singer, and was before season seven. Uh, and then, yeah, and as you can see, I mean, the, they nailed that performance. I mean. Hands yeah. down. Like, they try and give a thing that, that Mrs. Kasha Davis could have, like, done more with it. I'm like, no, everyone did great. Everyone did across the board. I mean, Sasha was a little off. But even Sasha, I mean, I think they just wanted Sasha gone. Yeah, she's kind of invisible and everybody else was a standout. But it wasn't like she was terrible like some of the other girls on Team Trixie were. Yeah. We used to have this saying at, at the high school I went to because it was a college preparatory school. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of – like I took AP classes when I was in like ninth grade. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. So we used to have this thing at school where we'd be like, if we went to any other school, guys, a C would be con- – C here would be considered an A at the other school. And so I feel like that's kind of like what it was with Sasha. I felt like if she was on the other team, she would have been like the star of the team. Mm-hmm. But because she was on that team, she was sort of like the second – she was like the the low person on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. All right. It's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Miss Fame gets hurt that Ginger says she's not a performing girl. And that seems to cause a big ruckus in the workroom. Later, Trixie shows pictures of herself for the first time in drag and Fame shows off her own pics. As as Miss Fame sees the pics of herself with her grandfather, who was murdered when Fame was 15, Miss Fame breaks out in tears and Violet and Trixie comfort her. Lori, your thoughts on this elimination day? I thought it was very sad, but also very staged. <laughs> It's yeah. just like, you know, I don't I don't quite understand those parts of the of of competitions where they bring out like stuff like that and then they go like, "Oh, you know, this happened." Like no in no other place. You're not when you're actually like in a drag show, you're not bringing out pictures of your grandfather and well, are crying you bringing about- pictures? That's a weird yeah. thing too. Like I can yeah. see maybe bringing a picture of your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband. You know, maybe your mom or your dad, but like, it, it's just she had so many pictures. She had like a scrapbook, <laughs> yeah. where it was like, you know. But I mean, I, it is very sad. I felt mm-hmm. I felt awful for her, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm sure just in general, just talking about it to anybody is is emotional. I mean, mm-hmm. I still get a, a little bit emotional sometimes when I talk about my grandma, mm-hmm. and she wasn't murdered; she just died, you know, of like old age uh-huh. and diabetes probably mm-hmm. um so you know i just i don't know i think that uh you know it was sad but also it was, I, I i don't know that kind of stuff makes me uncomfortable i feel like it's like playing on people's real emotional you know it real like tragic emotional tragedies real life tragedies in order to like make good television i i get a little uneasy about that kind of stuff but Lori, here's the thing is i want to go back to something you said your grandma <laughs> Okay. 
Do you really still get emotional about it? Yeah. How long ago did she pass away? She passed away in 2007. Oh, so about 12 years ago. Yeah. Because I remember her because she used, she used to be a big part of your stand-up routine. Yes, she was. She was a big part. She Well, I had a couple of jokes about her. One, I, I don't remember most of them, but one of them I remember was I said that, um, you know, when I first started doing stand-up, my grandma told me that uh, she, she was like, Lori, I just think female comedians are so unfeminine. And I was like, well, so is the mustache, but that didn't seem to bother you. <laughs> She's dead now, so suck it, bitch. <laughs> Double serve. Double serve. Um, what about, also there was a one about when... Uh, you had a joke about people think because you're big that you're strong. Didn't, oh. she, ma- didn't she make an appearance in that joke as well? Yeah. Uh, sh- I said... Uh... <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um... <sighs> God. <sighs> I said that um... just because I'm... A lot of people think that because I'm big, that means I'm strong. And, uh, you know, my grandma... The other day said, hey, would you mind helping me move this 400-pound dresser? And I was like, Grandma, I'm big because I like to eat and lay down at the same time. <laughs> Lori, I'm going to tell you something. One thing I've learned. What? You are strong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me, Joe. Don't mess with me. Stop it. Oh, this brings up a. I was re. I was re- watching through while we were doing this bit. Mm-hmm. I will say that the other w- the other group did something that I thought was really anno- that I always find really annoying is that they the played an instrument, mm-hmm. quote unquote played an instrument, but they didn't play it. They just had it and they were like <laughs> pretend strumming it, yeah. and there was no reason for it. Yeah, and that was the all white group, and I yeah. was like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Like, what does that bring to the? <laughs> what does that bring to the group? Well, so. I mean, I'm sure RuPaul thought, is Miss Fame really playing the ukulele? Oh, yeah. yeah. She probably thought that. Uh, also, Max was actually good. I Well, look, Max, I, has, Max has a theatrical background as well. Max, I ha- there's something about Max that rubs me the wrong way, but I will say she was very good in this. Lauren, but, why do you say that, Lauren? That's wonderful that you're saying that about him, but... Uh... <sighs> yeah, it is just weird. But yeah, and then, but I mean, I'm not joking. As soon as they walked Ginger Minge, like they showed Ginger Minge walking out, I was like, oh, this team is a thousand times better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. You know what? You're right. As soon as they danced out, you could yeah. tell they did it like in sync. Like it was just, they nailed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Well, let's move on to the looks. The category is Jet Set Eleganza. Uh, did you, I know I have clearly my favorite looks, right? And my least okay. favorite looks, but do you have any like least favorite looks, favorite looks that you could tell? I would say for me, which I feel like was different in the competition was my mm-hmm. least favorite looks was, uh, Jaden Dior Fierce yeah. mm-hmm. and Katya, because I yeah, felt like, look, I the, was with you, I, I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. The theme was Jet Set Eleganza, right? Yes. So it was, what do you wear when you go on a plane? Yes. Not what do you wear if you're a stewardess? If that was, if it was stewardess Eleganza, I would have been, or flight, atel- flight attendant Eleganza, I would have been like, great, that looks great. But 
I actually really, I will say the one that Michelle Visage hated, which was Miss Kasha Davis. I liked hers. I agree. Lori, you and I are in complete agreement. In fact, I'm using Michelle Visage's criticism of Mrs. Kasha Davis. And I would say, I'm going to take that criticism. Okay, let's say that's what the rule is, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say Mrs. Kasha Davis looks fine. But meanwhile, Jaden Dior Fierce doesn't look like someone who's going to be on a jet sitting on an airplane, nor does Katya. No, they look like the people who would work on an airplane. Well, Katya, like, they, like, like if, if you're going to take acid on an airplane and work on it, but yeah. Well, yeah, if it was like, a, it, she looks like what she thinks a 60s airplane would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, yeah. a hipster airplane. Like, um, oh God, who's that country singer who smokes weed? Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson's airplane. That's what he would. <laughs> yeah. oh, I really, I'm glad I really... I, ki- Stuck the landing on. Well, that. look, I was gonna say it looked like something like you would wear, like if if Austin Powers had an airline. Yes. <laughs> yes. What they would wear on that, yeah. Yes, that yeah. does. It does look like that. So yeah, and then I will say I wasn't a huge fan of Ginger Minges. No, I thought Ginger Minges was okay. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god, Lori, you and I are totally in sync on this episode. You're literally I think naming must everything. Be, I think it's the first time because I yeah. think we're usually pretty yeah. separate mm-hmm. on our stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm in complete agreement. I do not like Ginger Minges, um, but for the most part, I like a lot of them. Like, I don't like Jaden Dior Fierces. I'm actually fine with Jasmine Masters. Uh, yeah. It, it's fine. It, I don't hate it. Candy Hose is a little much with the big hat and the big purse. Uh, and it also isn't eleganza. I feel like I feel like that one is like it's a nice outfit, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not something that you would. Uh, the way I view eleganza, and this could be completely different, yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like it's it's um like uh it would be like the way that I view this comp- this uh, runway theme would be like if you were like I have a dinner part a really great dinner party right right as soon as I get off the plane so I need to look like I'm going to a very luxurious dinner party and that does not look uh, candy hose does not look like yeah, that Yeah also I would say like you want to be chic yet comfortable actually let me yes. look at my, let me tell you about my favorite one to I think pull it off Miss Fame for instance looks chic but it's cut short in the front but long in the back which means it could be very comfortable sitting there but you know you're still covered like she can move around in the seat Yes. She's not constricted at all. Looks fantastic. Has the hair up. I also I like hers, but I will say I don't like the weird head thing. Like okay. I felt like if she had just had her hair pulled back, it would have mm-hmm. looked fine. But that weird wrap, I felt okay. looked a little weird. I see what you're saying. Also, I think uh, Violet Chachki looks very like chic, matching luggage, but yet could be comfortable and you could wear on an airplane while you're sitting there. I got to be honest. I have a feeling. Yeah. And this is just me. Mm-hmm. And again, I haven't seen any spoilers or anything, so I don't know what the yeah. what the future holds. Yeah, no, no, but no, no. no spoilers, nothing yet. Uh huh. I have a feeling that I I I don't see a time where I feel like Violet Trotsky will disappoint on looks. Okay. I feel like, but I also feel like that she's going to get in the trap that I feel like a lot of other queens have gone in, um, in the past, where it's like they're known for their looks and mm-hmm. they're known for being really great. So like this look, even though it's great. Because it's not, it might not necessarily be the best look she's ever done. It's going to be judged more than other looks, oh, if I that see. makes sense. Yeah. So I have a feeling that that she's going to be judged on a higher level than anyone else because this look is great. But I felt like she was kind of overlooked, in my opinion, from the show. I could see that because she was, she, in other words, she's performing so high that uh, even though it's at a high level, it's just like meh. 
We've seen you do yeah. better. I, and I feel Mrs. Kasha Davis is giving some Linda Lavin realness. I know you're not going to get that. I wish Taylor was on the show. And when Taylor hears this, he'll be very amused. But uh, Linda Lavin was a star of a sitcom in the 70s called Alice. And uh, she's giving me some oh, yeah. Linda Lavin realness there. Um, was that from... Uh, like Kiss My Grits and stuff like that? Yeah. Was that from Alice Doesn't Live Here or was that something else? Oh, it's so funny to say that. Yeah, so it is the show. It, it's so funny. It's so the 70s. It's something they would do in the 70s where they would take an element of a serious movie and then turn it into a sitcom. Like, for instance, take MASH, right? The movie yeah. MASH, I wouldn't call it a serious movie, but it's not a wacky sitcom. It's like a no. It's like a dramedy, you know? Where then they go like, let's make a wacky sitcom based on this Oscar-winning dramedy. Same yeah. thing with uh, Alice. There, I guess there's a, a part of the movie where Alice from Alice doesn't live here anymore has to work in a diner. Yes. So they were like, okay, well, why don't we just take that part of the movie and turn it into a wacky sitcom? You know. Yeah. And so uh, here's another weird fact about Alice: the same writers as I Love Lucy. So if you look at those Alice episodes, they have a lot of I Love Lucy. There's like a uh, the I Love Lucy tried is basically like let's try this idea we never tried with Lucy. Yeah, there was a. I wonder if it's Alice. I'll have to ask my aunt. But there was a show mm-hmm. that uh, my aunt was started watching on Prime. What? Well, maybe I could ask you. Was it Alice? Where it's like the show starts off where she's she's like has a kid and she's a single mom mm-hmm. but then by the end of the series she's like single not no kids and she's living with a rich uh ri- like a rich uh businessman or something does that make sense or is well, that, is that i mean i mean does she work in a diner uh i because i, I, I don't know why i brought it on alice yeah she has a kid in the beginning and then the kid grows up and eventually the kid just sort of like comes on less and less so um uh, you don't oh, okay. really see him that much as he grow after he grows up. Uh, he goes to college and stuff. Yeah, I actually like Linda Levin. I remember her. She was on The Good Wife uh, when mm-hmm. I watched. Used to watch that show, and she was on Mom a couple of times. But she was on. Did you ever see Sean um, Hayes's uh, a TV show? Sean Saves the World. It was only no. on for like a season. No, she was on that show. Well, she was she was just on a sitcom. I love when got this weird tangent about Linda Levin. Uh, my parents are watching a sitcom with where she and Elliot Gould play the the nosy parents of some kid. But meanwhile, both of them are in their eighties. So I don't know wh- whose parents they are, but anyway. Oh yeah, that's weird. Any maybe other- I maybe it was uh was it no, no it wasn't. I was like, Here's was it Sean? No, I'm gonna go on. no, it was like it was like last season. It, it, actually, my parents really liked it. They were a little like disappointed that it got canceled. Uh, no, it had like a name like you know like Room something or other. I'm looking her up right now. So right now, she, oh nine JKL. Yeah, nine JKL. Elliot uh, Gould. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what the uh, premise was. A time in Mark Feuerstein's adult life when he lived in apartment 9K in the building he grew up in, sandwiched between his parents, apartment 93, and his brother sister-in-law. Yeah, but. Mark Feuerstein, like, I don't know how old he is in the show, but he he would have to be in his 60s. Yeah. Linda Lavin and Mark Feuerstein previously played mother and son on Conrad Bloom in 1998. Mm, well, how old is Mark Feuerstein? Mark Feuerstein is... He was born in 1971. No, but... So, I don't know. Linda Lavin was born in 1937. So she, yeah. Well, she so. could have, in theory, been his mom. And she was like, she could have been thirty-four. <laughs> oh. 
You know, it's yeah. not too crazy. Okay. I mean, essentially, that's how old. Well, yeah, I'll probably but be here's older the problem: is the, the but the guy that plays Mark Fierstein. Oh no, Mark Fierstein plays. Oh, I guess so. I guess in theory, he could be. She could be his mom. Okay, all right. I stand corrected. Anyway, any other thoughts on the looks, Lori? Um. Oh, Trixie Mattel's. I didn't yeah. really like hers. Didn't like. Her. I never liked Trixie's looks. I kind of like the 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 outfit. I like the dress, mm-hmm. but I don't. I legit for some reason don't think. I think I don't think the shoes match that well, and then yeah. the head part I think looks really bad. Trixie always does this thing where if you don't like the look, she always has an out where she's like, "Well, that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be you don't like it, you know." Oh yeah, it's supposed to be tacky. That's how I. That's how I do my comedy. <laughs> if you don't like it, that's it's supposed to what's happened. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's the way it's supposed to be. All right, back on the main stage, Violet, Ginger, and Kasha are in the top, while Katya, Miss Fame, and Sasha Bell are in the bottom. In the end, Ginger Minge is named the winner of the challenge, while Katya and Sasha are forced to go head to head in a lip sync battle for their lives. After all was said and done, Katya was told, "Shantae, you stay," while Sasha Bell was asked. To sashay away, Lori. Any final thoughts on the episode? I I'm I'm looking at the the thing that you sent me, mm-hmm. and uh, did you know that Sasha Bell changed her name to Frisbee Jenkins? I don't know if that's true. I think there's some sort of joke about Frisbee Jenkins. Is that did she really change? I, I the problem is I don't. I, Lori, it's on fandom. I know, but that could be a joke. I don't. Now I gotta see about whether Sasha. You're making me look up right now whether Sasha Bell changed. I don't. Oh I, my god, she was born the same year as me. Jenkins. Oh my god. I feel like there's a joke. I feel like that's a joke in there. Oh no, no. Frisbee Jenkins, no, yeah. formerly known as Sasha Bell. Oh yeah, is the stage name of J- Jared Breckenridge. Okay, Frisbee Jenkins. Which I love that. That's like the way that she she goes. Oh, I'm not making it as Sasha Bell. I know. I'm gonna rebrand. Yeah, to June Frisbee 15th. Jenkins. <laughs> Yes. You know what? People aren't taking me seriously as Sasha Bell. Let me yeah. re- let me re- let me rebrand uh, this as Frisbee Jenkins. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's so funny. All right, any other final thoughts on the episode, Lori? Uh, no, I th- I felt like the right person went home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I I feel like it, I think for the most part, or at least I hope that there are people that are just gonna, you know, slowly fade away. Yeah. Who, so, who are you hoping goes next home next? You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like Kennedy Davenport isn't really bringing it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then there's just something about Max that I don't like. Oh, really? So, I you like Max. I don't know. Just there's something about, like I said before, I feel like she's trying to do like a, um, God, I can't remember that. Who's that drag queen that you and my girlfriend really like? Tammy Brown. Tammy Brown. I feel like she's trying to do a Tammy Brown where she sort of is like, I'm the character all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just not landing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I just, but, but, I will say, given that, I thought, I actually, I liked her outfit for the most part, mm-hmm. and I um, liked her performance in the musical. Yeah. So, you know, this look. episode, I thought she did a good job. She had a strong look. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Please join us. Uh, be sure to join us next weekend, every week, as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself. Sashay away. Wait, what's the, what do I say? Sorry. I forgot.
Oh, sashay away until next week. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker... Devin McKay, The State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J, AJ Norris, Richard C, Common Cool, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sirmet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J, Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Haley Sklans and her mom, and Jordan Darling. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.